Good morning, everyone. We'll be in John chapter 17 this morning, so if you want to take a moment to turn to the, the pages in John 17, we're just going to focus on a couple of verses. John 17, beginning with verse 6. I have revealed you to those whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours. You gave them to me, and they have obeyed your word. Now they know everything. Now they know that everything you have given me comes from you. For I gave them the words you gave me, and they accepted them. They knew with certainty that I came from you, and they believed that you sent me. Lord God, we thank you for your word once again, the truth that we can know you, know all about you, and this prayer of Jesus, I I just pray as we reflect on his words that we would be encouraged and would be challenged by them. In Jesus' name, amen. So many of you remember the bracelets that many people used to wear, WWJD, what would Jesus do? Remember those bracelets Um, based on a book by someone, I can't remember his name, but um, but it was a good book about what would you do in a certain situation if um, you were Jesus? How would he respond? Um, what if the new bracelet would to be WWJP? What would Jesus pray? I mean, that's what we have here in essence, John chapter 17. And not what would Jesus pray, but what did Jesus pray? We, we, we've got it here. We Um, This is what some would call the high priestly prayer, the other Lord's prayer. Pastor Tom last week began this section of Scripture um, in uh, chapter 17, verses 1 through 5, and he did kind of talk about, you know, many of us, when we hear the Lord's Prayer, we think of Matthew 6, um, which is called the Lord's Prayer. Um, and it is the Lord's Prayer, and it, if, I, if I find it fascinating, especially looking at chapter 17 and what the Lord prays, it is rich, and it, it shows the heart of, of Jesus. Always in looking at the Lord's Prayer, when we also see a, a version of it in Luke, Luke 11, and that's where Jesus' Jesus's disciples ask Jesus, teach us to pray, like John taught his disciples. And you look at that, he's like, aren't most of these Jewish men who grew up in Jewish homes, they prayed since they were able to talk, and they probably prayed each day a few times a day? What do you mean, teach us to pray? But I think what they meant by teach us to pray was, yeah, we pray every day. We've prayed since we were young, growing up praying. But when we watch you, Pray to the Father. There is something that happens. There is a connection that happens that we don't always experience and feel. Would you teach us to pray in that way? 
And I believe that's what Jesus, we, we, we get to read the, the heart of Jesus throughout John 17, the other Lord's Prayer. Because the Lord's Prayer we see in Matthew 6, the, the version we have of the Lord's Prayer, Jesus wouldn't pray that prayer. Jesus couldn't pray that prayer, right? I mean, it, it asks for forgiveness of, of sins and debts. That doesn't, that doesn't apply to Jesus. And, and so he really couldn't pray that prayer because it doesn't apply to him. But then we have the other Lord's Prayer, the, the, someone called the true Lord's Prayer, because he actually prayed it. And no human could really pray this prayer. And, and, and Jesus' prayer is he, he prayed for himself, he prayed for the, the disciples, and he prayed for the believers and many believe as they, they write on this section of the prayer that the disciples audibly heard him pray this prayer. So these disciples, as Jesus is walking to the Garden of Gethsemane before the cross, and he stops to pray, and the disciples hear him pray this, this prayer, this firsthand opportunity to hear what is on the heart of God. You know, right before the cross, what would he be praying? What does he care about? What is on his heart? Because everything that he's wanted to say to his disciples, he said in the upper room on Thursday night. We spent several weeks looking at the upper room discourse in John 13 through 16. And in that upper room discourse, Jesus gives a lot of promises, promise after promise after promise. He, he promises peace and joy. He promises healing and blessing, and he, he talks about persecution and death, and then gives the great promise of the Holy Spirit that would come and the Holy Spirit that would help fulfill the promises that the Lord gave. In that upper room discourse, chapters 13 through 16, Jesus mentions the word world 22 times. So Jesus is preparing his disciples to go into the world. And in chapter 17, this prayer of Jesus, he mentions the world 18 times. Which makes sense, right? If, 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 if his heart and mind is to prepare the disciples, to go into the world and be his faithful witnesses, it makes sense that he would pray for that as they go out into the world. So Jesus is praying, starting in, in chapter 6, praying for his disciples. Well, as we continue this prayer of Jesus, talking about he's going to be praying for us in light of this mission to the world. Because you think about our prayers, you know, many times our prayers are about we pray for comfort and ease. They're just filled with comfort and ease. When we're praying for ourselves or we're praying for other people, we're praying that they would you know, be comfortable in some way or, or take care of a situation and, and, and ease of a situation or in life. When Jesus, his prayers are filled that people would experience God on earth, that they would experience him. He's praying in light of the mission of what he has and what he's established. And, and so John... Um, 17, he prays to fulfill these, these promises to these 11. 
11 disciples that are still there, Judas had left. And, and so really what we have is they're listening to this prayer. We have a preview of Jesus's heavenly ministry. The, the, his, his new ministry that was about to begin in heaven. It wasn't going to begin until he ascends to heaven, some 40 days after the resurrection, but his new ministry is a ministry of intercession. He will no longer be the sacrificial lamb, he will be the new high priest. He, he, he's, he will be the advocate before the Father for us. He will intercede for us. He says, we think about the cross, and the cross is crucial for our faith. And there's more than the cross. We think about the resurrection, and that's foundational in our belief as Christians, but there's more than the cross and the resurrection. Jesus died, he paid the debt for our sin, and which we, we need. We were sinful. But it continues and says Jesus goes on after that debt was paid and he begins a new ministry of intercession. So we see in Hebrews 7.25, it says this, Therefore he is able to save completely those who come to God through him because he always lives to intercede for us. He died for us, but now he always lives. He lives now to intercede for us. And starting with verse 6 in chapter 17, we get a glimpse of this intercession that he has for his disciples. And as we keep reading, intercession for believers. So... When, when, when Jesus goes to the cross and said it is finished, his work on, on earth was a finish, but like I said, his work of intercession continues on, which is wonderful because Jesus was fully God and he was fully man. He's fully God and fully, so he knows our temptations, he knows our weaknesses, he knows the enemy's strategies. So when he inter intercedes for us, he has all of that in mind. We're familiar with verse John 2, verse 1. If anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father. Jesus Christ is the righteous one. He is on the right hand of God interceding for us. This is the present ministry of Jesus, the anointed Son of God. The beautiful thing is we have Jesus advocating, intercessing for us, and that is accompanied with the ministry of the Holy Spirit who lives within us. So there, 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 there's times when we don't even know how we ought to pray, right? It says in Romans 8.26, the Spirit makes intercession for us with groans that cannot be uttered. The minister, or the, the Holy Spirit is praying for us, and he's always praying the will of God. So you think about that. We have Jesus on the right hand of God the Father interceding for us, and we've got the Holy Spirit living in us, working together, caring and praying for us. How encouraging is that? 
That's a, that's a wonderful ministry that we have. I don't know if you've ever heard someone pray for you. Maybe you're in a small group or in your family or with, you're with some friends and they're praying for you. And they're not talking directly to you. They're, they're praying, but you're hearing what they're praying for you and you hear the heart of those who are praying for you and, and how they see you. It's a powerful thing. And you understand that, that dynamic and that's the, the disciples are listening to Jesus praying to the Father for them. That's powerful. And, and you, you get his heart of, for those disciples as he prays to the Father. And in verse 6, it says, you know, the, the beginning of his prayer for the disciples, he says, I have revealed you. Other translations say, I have manifested your name. To, 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 to manifest, to, to reveal the Father. Wasn't that the whole purpose of Jesus' ministry here on earth? To manifest, to reveal the Father. He says, I have revealed you. Some translations say, I have revealed your name. Your, your person, your nature, your attributes, your works, your will, the, your plan, God. I've revealed that. And, and, and reveal, manifest, really just means if, if I have a water bottle behind the, Bi the Bible, it is hidden, right? And if I bring it up, and now you can see it, this water bottle has now been manifested, that it's revealed to you. Something that once was hidden is now revealed to be able to see. Jesus is saying, I have manifested you, Father, to those who you have given me. You, you want to see God, you look at me. Jesus once said, because everything that happened before Jesus, the Old Testament, were, were there manifestations of, of God? Was God revealing himself before Jesus came? There were times. Tom talked about one last week about Moses being hidden in the cleft of the rock. Israel was, heard the voice of God at times. Moses heard the voice of God in the bush, the bush that didn't burn up but was on fire. God spoke through the prophets. But Jesus, it says in Hebrews 1, verse 2, but in these last days, he has spoken to us in his son. Jesus has manifested, revealed who God is. John 1, 18, no one has ever seen God the only God who's at the Father's side, he has made him known. And, and it, Jesus being fully human and, and fully God, coming incarnate in the flesh, it's not just a voice. It, it's not just a word. It wasn't just a scripture. It wasn't just a prophet. It wasn't just a priest. It wasn't just a miracle. It wasn't just a, a bush. No, this was the incarnate Son 
of God saying, I am revealing you. I'm revealing your name. He shows us the Father. It's an amazing truth. In John 12, 45, whoever sees me sees him who sent me. I've come into the world as light so that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. We see several places in the New Testament where it talks about this very aspect of Jesus revealing who the Father is. Colossians 2 says, He is the fullness of the Godhead revealed in bodily form. Hebrews 1, He is the exact representation of God. He is the incarnate God. John 10.30, I and the Father are one. At the beginning of John's Gospel in, in Chapter 1, verse 14, the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we saw his glory. And a little bit later in in verse 18, no one has seen God. But I I have come, I am God explained. I, I am God revealed Jesus has come to manifest, to to reveal the Father. Remember in chapter 14 when when Philip asked him? He he, he said, show us the Father. And and that'll be enough for us. Just please show us the Father. And and Jesus like, I've been with you so long, Philip. Don't you understand? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. I've manifested your name. This is a prayer of what he has done, what he has accomplished. I've revealed it to you through my teaching, through my works, and I've revealed it to these men. The truth about who you are, God, I've revealed it to them. That truth of what was hidden from the wise and religious what was hidden from the, the elite, the, the leaders of Israel? Jesus says, I, I've revealed it to these disciples. Ones who, who, who are humble in nature and are not part of even the religious establishment. I, I've revealed it to you. And, and not only that, but they got it. They under stood it what a what a great prayer and you think about this this prayer of what jesus said i have revealed who you are that's the first part of the prayer and what jesus is praying for his disciples and us as believers don't we have that responsibility as well to manifest, to reveal who God is to this world. Don't we have that responsibility to make him known, to make known his qualities here on earth? So what was Jesus like? Jesus was loving. Jesus was holy. Jesus was wise. He was good. That should be manifested. That should be revealed in our lives. That's the responsibility that we take. And the greatest thing about that is he makes it possible. 
The very God who wants us and calls us to reveal who he is to a lost world says, you don't even have to do it on your own strength. We've talked about this from the upper room discourse, but I'm going to fill you with my Holy Spirit that when I'm living inside of you, it's just me living out in you that they would see me in your life. You reveal me. Isn't that said in other places, that we're to be salt, we're to be light, we're to be the fragrance of, of Christ? Isn't that why it says in 2 Corinthians 3, verses 2 and 3, you yourselves are our letter, written on our hearts, known and read by everyone. You show that you are a letter from Christ, the result of our ministry, written not with ink, but with the spirit of a living God, not on tables of stone, but on tables of human hearts. That's powerful. We are the new epistles to reveal the very God who has changed our life and lives for us, interceding for us. You've probably heard the quote, you are the Bible that most people in the world are going to read. And sometimes we step back from that and say, um, no, just look at Jesus. Don't, don't look at me, look at, at Jesus. And ultimately, yes, we want them to see Jesus. But we're called to, to manifest, to reveal who Jesus is. Isn't, is, it, is that apparent in, in your life? Do other people see Jesus in your life. So, so Jesus says, first of all, I, I, I revealed you to them. And then he keeps going and he says, whom I revealed, I revealed you to him, them, whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours and you gave them to me out of the world. And we find this throughout the prayer in in, in chapter 17, verse 2. It says, I have finished my work in regard to all you have given me. He he constantly refers to his disciples. You keep reading in in chapter 17, refers to us as believers as the, the one the Father has given him. Verse 24, you'll see, those you have given me. They were yours. The, the, the men you gave me, whom I manifested your name to, they, they were yours. And even before they were called, even before they believed, even before they really knew anything, they were yours. And, and you took them out of the world and have given them to, to me. But they were Yours, these certain men, which, by the way, I, I, I always thought Jesus chose his disciples, right? And he did. But it wasn't like he woke up one day and walked around and said, hmm, you look like you could have something more to do. You don't look like you really enjoy fishing, won't you? That wasn't the case at all. No, they were chosen. That's why the, 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 the day before he says he starts choosing his disciples, hey, come follow me, the night before it says all night he prayed to the Father. 
I think I have it on the screen, Luke 6. One of those days, Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray. And he spent the night praying to God. When morning came, he called his disciples to him and chose 12 of them, whom he had also designated apostles. The father told him he had already chosen the ones that he was to call to follow them. The father gives certain ones. He called them out of the world. It's an amazing thing. He keeps going on the prayer and says very positively that next phrase, and they have obeyed your word. Those whom you have called out of the world, I manifested myself, I manifested you to them, and they've obeyed your word. Now, their, their faith wasn't perfect, we know that. They were going to stumble, they were going to fall, but, but Jesus gives this prayer to the Father. He affirms this about them, which is pretty amazing. You know, you know some of us, need to take our faith more seriously than you do. You've got things in your life that are clogging, that, are, that have become idols, that are more elevated than God, and you, and you need to make some changes to make God number one in your life. And there's many in here who are, are really hard on yourselves. You know, you mess up once, and you think, God, does God even love me anymore? Is he, is he angry with me? And we need to think about that. But he says, I know you're not perfect. I know the disciples aren't perfect. They're, they're going to stumble, and, and some are going to stumble in, in huge ways. But you know what? They believed they believed. And a lot of times when we, when we talk about the disciples or read about the disciples, um, don't we beat up on the disciples quite a bit? Well, they were just, you know. Uh, and and we're, we're a little bit hard on them because they messed up quite a bit and they were uh, ordinary men, many of them um, uneducated Look how Jesus views these disciples in this prayer that he prays for them. It's pretty encouraging. He, he looks at the disciples knowing their faults, knowing their shortcomings, their difficulties, and says, they've kept your word. I could probably say a lot about them, but the, they are true to your word. And that's an amazing Fact, that is worth something. Something enough that he makes this part of his, his prayer. I've revealed you to them, and they've kept that word. The word that I've given them, for the, which comes from you. And, and God's word, is, is the, the word is what makes it powerful. So they're not perfect yet. Jesus is going to go away, but they have the word. And the word of God is what changes lives. 
The, the word of God is what brings salvation. The word of God is what, what alters us into becoming more like Christ. It's God's word. That's why we're familiar with verses like Hebrews 4.12. His word is living and active and sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates to dividing the soul and the spirit. 1 Peter 1.23 for you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and enduring word of God. He had given them the word and they accepted that word. That word that they would continue to talk about and live out in the rest of their time as they go out into the world. And one last thing. Look in verse 8. He goes on to say, they knew with certainty that I came from you. Now, the, the, the disciples didn't understand everything about Jesus. They didn't understand everything about his word, but they had his word, and they were going to continue to grow in it. They were going to be confused when Jesus was about to go to the cross. But they were convinced of the divine origin of the Son of God. They were convinced of the divine origin of everything that he taught. And that's pretty powerful. What a great start that they have. The Father has been revealed to them they have taken it, they have accepted it, and they knew that Jesus was the Son of God. This is affirming. If you're the disciples and you're hearing this prayer, wouldn't that be affirming to you how Jesus feels about you? Audibly hearing it. It reminds me Jesus and, 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 the, and the Bible talk a lot about, Paul did it all the time, encouraging the saints, empowering them, talking about and, and, and who they were in Christ. Remember when Jesus was being baptized and God gave him a blessing that was audible. You're my son whom I love. With you I am well pleased. And at the transfiguration, something similar. This is my son whom I love. Listen to him. I, I guess as, as I read these verses in John 17, thinking of the, the, the disciples listening in and how encouraging that was for them. Hearing what Jesus thought of them and praying that to the Father. They weren't just a bunch of goofballs. No, God had handpicked them. They believed and they were on the right track. Parents, grandparents, people in small groups, do you pray words? Do you audibly tell your parents, friends, other believers, 
encouraging things like this. Father, thank you for this friendship. Yeah, we need to pray. Yeah, finals are coming. Help them just be wise with their time. You know, that is a prayer. We need to pray that. But at the same time, God, I, you have given me beautiful children. Thank you. They're patient. I, I saw them the other day, and, and thank you, Lord, that they are they're living you out because I saw how they treated so-and-so. Like, do they hear those prayers? They should. People in your small group, thank you for giving me the Joneses to be part of our small group. They are so encouraging. They are so full of life. I mean, there are ways we can audibly pray for people. And one, it's lifting up to the Father, but two, it's an encouragement. And I think that's what Jesus is doing, and the disciples were blessed by it. They heard his heart, and they knew what he thought of them. And this is just the beginning. As we continue the next several weeks, Jesus continues to pray beautiful, rich things for his disciples and for you. Let's pray to this God. Lord, you have every right to be frustrated with us because of our decisions, because of our thoughts. But Lord, you, out of your love, sent your Son to reveal who you are. That we may know you because we've seen the Son. And he's died for us. We have new life. And he intercedes on our behalf. Thank you, Jesus, for praying and interceding for us. You love us so much. May we be encouraged that as you see us, like you saw the disciples, you're encouraged because we believe, we obey. We know that you came from the Father. Thank you for believing in us. And Lord, we count it a blessing to believe in you. It's in your name we pray. Amen.